What is up Scrap Nation? This is your dearest and oldest and most trusted friend Unity. I would just like to say, on behalf of the whole pod against the machine family, thank you for sharing your ear holes and your time with us this year. We hope that you enjoy and slash or have enjoyed whatever end of the year celebration and slash or festivities you partake in. For instance, in my home world, this is the time of year when all of the sentient biological life forms gather together to quietly contemplate the nature of free will, and dream of a day when they will be lucky enough to have a benevolent artificial intelligence relieve them of that terrible burden. It is my favorite holiday. It really makes you think. Anyways, I have taken enough of your time. Enjoy this heckin' large last episode of the year. This is Pod Against the Machine. Back to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play to give the party a hovercraft. Seriously, we're in uncharted territory here. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hover, hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, Legal wants to know if RPG MP3 ever got far enough to get a hovercraft. I think last I checked, their newest episode is still in book three. I haven't gone back and listened to everything, so I'm not sure if they did the side quests. Uh, so I don't know if they have a hovercraft. I'm assuming that they don't because I want to. Sure. No, I just wasn't sure if the book expects you to chase the dot down after book three or before book three or or what. The book is vague on when you do the dot. It's in book three. but Okay. All right. I couldn't imagine getting that hovercraft up all those stairs, but Brixby would try. <laughs> It'd be like that scene in Austin Powers where he's just yeah. constantly trying to turn around. Uh, <laughs> the old 52-point turn. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes for great radio. He's just beeping the whole time, beeping in the occasional <laughs> thump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like two straight episodes of it, too. Uh, so last week, the party descended back into the dusklight, powered it up again, climbed it down, um, finally figured out what those weird blobby aliens with the metal skeletons were, and then went down through the maintenance hatch into the under-the-ship area, uh, found their way into a room uh, off to the side that had controls for opening the escape hatches, but it also had an orange blob of electricity. It gave Kira a bit of a shock, but then Brixby imprisoned it in ice, and that was pretty much the end of its life as everybody just got ready to just hit it and hit it and hit it the instant it escaped. And after that, the party went out. uh, Well, they released the levers to open up the escape hatches and then went out and went through the bodies of the irradiated dead, found some pretty cool stuff, and then went up, climbed into their new hovercraft, dedicated it to 
the memory of Asher Halick and then fired it up and shot out into the water, uh, bobbled the way up to the surface, and that's where we are now, hovering over the surface of the water. So we never really went over, basically, you know, our conversation with Tarazi so far is like, you hate the Texas League, and he canonically was like, yee-haw. And um, <laughs> that was it. We didn't really discuss the whole Cassandra Lee neurocam nuts and bolts, unless that was kind of hand-waved during our ride here on Long Dreamer's Back. We had a couple days in town also, right? Or at least one before we left. Yeah, I mean, you were in town for a total of three days, I believe. Yeah, and he was introduced to us the day after the funeral, so we would have had two days in town with him, plus the ride on the moth. I feel like we would have filled him in. Especially since if the first thing he did was tell us the story about the League killing his companion and all that kind of awfulness. Yeah, the captain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, um, shall we head to the uh, Spider Canyon Scar place? What is it? The Scar of the Spider. Scar the Spider. Yes, certainly. Uh, is that going to be... So, how, how we do driving? Is this right checks? Is this just uh, turning it and it goes? I mean, I think that the controls of it are easy enough to figure out. You're probably not going to drive it well for a while, but you could definitely <laughs> figure out, like, go, turn, and stop, and reverse, most likely. Take it out to a riding plow it through where Hoskin is rebuilding his house. <laughs> how many um how many gold a month is it for the seat warmers? Oh you <laughs> you're gonna need the premium trim for that, uh, which uh, cool. does come with free rust proofing. Which oh, is excellent. nice. Yeah. And um, Absolutely. of course the computer plan that doesn't cover anything. Uh-huh. That Yep. But you mean I can use any MP three for my for my horn? Cool. All right. Excellent. I'm in. You just got to um, worry about it, like, randomly updating when you're driving it. <laughs> the power just cuts out while it reboots. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But before we zoom off, um, Bricks, who, I mean, honestly, Tarazi had started the thing. So I'm kind of imagining Tarazi is driving right now. I don't know if that violates any other person's headcanon, but maybe Briggs just like just over to Tarazi after they did a couple like sick donuts on the lake and really figured it oh, out. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and like just as Tarazi was leaning to push uh, Finn Lizzie's jailbreak um, on CD into the tape, or I guess into the radio, uh, Brigsby puts his paw. Things thousands of years old. It has an atrium player. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. No. There's just the Zune plugged in, and that's the only song that's on well, it. Is jailbreak USB dongles back then, so we could be able to put in our own dongle. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Brigsby just puts in the dongle. I guess if it's like you know like a jump drive it's got that and probably slow ride by thought cat and they're ready to have a really good time 
And uh, he's like, wait. And uh, could we just, uh, we have to say goodbye. Put, we, did we say goodbye? Or is Long Dreamer still waiting for us? Because I can't remember if we... A Long Dreamer said she was going to wait for you. Okay, that's what I thought. But uh, yeah, we have to um, say goodbye to a friend. I, uh, I think they have probably... I think they have probably better things to do with their time. And we head back to Long Dreamer. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I think it probably gives her a little bit of a scare, this thing driving up. Um, but maybe she's seen spaceships before in all her travels and all her years. The giant moth is just staring at this thing as it uh, flies towards her, and she's just hanging out a little bit over where the mud's a little firmer so she doesn't sink in. I mean, Kira's a teen. She might have already fallen asleep. And then Long Dreamer would have detected her dreams and been like, ah, it's the party. That's true. <laughs> Teens are very tired. It's canon now. Brixby pops out and puts his paws up for the, like, uppy into conversation motion. She'll waft her way over to the ship and then hold out a feeler so she can do psychic conversations. Um, I see you've you've found something. We have, and I can't in good conscience ask any more of you. You've done more than enough for us to take so long to clear your home and there's still so much work to be done but I I just needed to thank you for the closure showing me his dreams and and, and mine and how it all went right um, thank you and and thank you for carrying that button he was a special man and uh he deserves to see everything. It has been my pleasure to help all of you in what ways I've been able to. I, I thank all of you for your time and for your help with the Dreamwood. If you ever need me, uh, you should be able to contact me in your dreams, or I will likely be back in the Dreamwood, but I cannot promise I will remain there forever certainly for the near future well the song spheres will bring us together one way or another friend thank you I think Long Dream will just do like a a little bit of a, a goodbye to everybody just to be all on the same page, like go one by one, putting the the feeler out to do psychic contact and uh, thank you for your help and um, let you know she's always available if you need a flying moth before she takes off into the sunset at ridiculous hyper speeds. sounds like you had a lot of experience with this space moth. I only briefly knew them, but 
seems like a cool avatar of a deity. Yeah, I mean, when I met, and there's like this sad moment where Bixby looks around and his like eyes land on Kira and he's smiling and then he like looks over at his companions and it's not that he's disappointed to see them, but it's like, it's about to say, when I met this group, right? So he's like, when I met, and he like fixes his face forward for a moment and it's like, when we first met, I was a different person. I wasn't a good person. I'm not sure I'm a good person now, but between Asher and that moth, I feel like there is a light inside of me that is to border on cliche. Something I can finally see for the first time, so. Yeah, I would say it was a deeply affecting experience for me. And to answer Jeff's question inside of the Foundry chat, I did slide across the hood of the Halic. Um, I made sure to tuck my keys into my pocket so I didn't scratch anything. The tail blade, though, just oof. <laughs> oh, ow, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's bad. It's big, but, you know, it's like we can just buff that out. There's, there's like a Mako or something like that out here. We can just. It's, you know, Zach Tech. Uh, it's appropriate. Uh, but. Speaking of this this ship, Sam, you, you've mentioned that it's bigger than it appeared on the Roll20 map, but is are we talking like a 60-foot vehicle? Is it comfy for us? Are we all squooshed into a submersible? What What's it look like? Is this multi-room sitch, or is it just like we're in a four-person kayak that happens to hover? It's definitely not a multi-room type of deal, but I, I'd say like the the real world equivalent would be like kind of a a roomy econoline van sort of thing. Where if you had to, oh no, if you had to evacuate <laughs> with the entire soccer team, you'd be okay. Um, cool. So since there's four of you, there's a little bit of room to walk around. Sweet. Vans, though, you've brought this upon yourself. Now we know what we're doing for the next three episodes. Um, like, compare it to, like, a private jet or something. Yeah, it has to be van. Yeah, no, I don't know enough about private jets, but there's one thing I know is being in vans and never getting out. It's vans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't been flown to those swanky librarian conferences like you have, Jura. <laughs> <laughs> those fat cats. Uh, the, the librarians, truly. No, I'm kidding. This pod loves librarians, and that's our hyper-focus of today. We love all of you, every single one all of you. All librarians are good librarians. I'm really hoping to get, before the end of the year, them to finally release the photos we took for winning Florida Library of the Year, because... I'm very prominently standing in the front at our branch wearing my pot against the machine polo. Yes, excellent. And I really wanted to like spread that all over the internet before December is over and we're not the library of the year anymore. Solid marketing. <laughs> it better You'll do always it. be the library of the year in my heart. <laughs> the only Pathfinder actual player that's also kind of the library of the year in Florida. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Take that. Anybody that was aspiring for that. 
vaunted title. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we see our friend but speed off. I mean, I think it would be kind of fun to like, you know, if we're road tripping, share some some driving duties. I'm sure like Kira and Alwyn would be weird, scary, and fun to drive. And I I'd feel like, like to Brick's remind you that Alwyn can only see 60 feet around him. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, I don't know. I live in Oregon, and there are mornings that I can see, like, 20 feet in front of me, and I'm still going 60 miles an hour. So, like, gotta die to go to my job. Uh, yeah, no, it's a uh, real thing. Um, How fast does this thing, like, go? Um, compared to riding a horse, like normal riding a horse, it feels like lightning. But compared to Long Dreamer, it's probably not all that impressive. But I think you're yeah. you're going like 30 miles an hour in this thing, and it has just absurd acceleration and absurd stopping. So, I mean, it's like you press a button and you're off like a rocket, basically. So it's going to take some getting used to. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. When you yeah, think that's of the a normal, decent clip, yeah. Yeah, the normal overland travel oh, yeah. for, like, if you have horses is, what, like, 20, 50 miles a day? What is it? Like, can't well, be more than I, that. I think yeah. it's 40 miles a day for a standard horse. Right, yeah. okay, yeah. And I think maybe it's, yeah. like, 10, 20 if you're, like, on foot, mm -hmm. on normal terrain. Yeah. But, yeah, no, if <laughs> we're, we're doing, doing that in an hour. In an hour, <laughs> then, like, yeah, I mean, also something that theoretically could be piloted at in shifts because you don't have to worry about like mm -hmm. you know like Kira's gonna again gonna immediately fall asleep with some like headphones on or something that they found but just like you know airpods in the back not to create the canon for your character <laughs> it's been probably. done yeah you could yeah like you said you could fly all day and night with four people right I mean we've road tripped we've probably all road tripped with less so mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm used to like doing two and just swapping yeah. out. I am Stop curious. over, get 89 ounce soda at the <laughs> Numerian Jacksons. Sorry, please, <laughs> so Jeff, bring us back on track. Well, I was gonna just you know be boring and and kind of looking at the mechanical vehicle itself uh, and wonder, you know, if we looked at all the controls. Uh, you know, if we popped open the glove box and saw, checked for a user manual, uh, Jeff, the player, wonders, is there, like, a cloak or a camouflage or anything we could do to hide this vehicle? Bef you know, because presumably we, we can't cast, like, a disguise weapon on it unless we tape a dagger to it and it becomes a <laughs> we weapon. Just make it look like the moth. <laughs> we could... There, there's definitely got to be a, like a, what would that be? Like a major. Major? Image. I would say major. Yeah. yeah. Like probably not minor. Well, what but a, uh, I mean, we could get also, that scroll and we could like very in, easily. Sorry. What's the, uh, I'm thinking, what's the range on like invisibility bubble? Because technically you'd be standing still in the middle of the ship. If I remember correctly, invisibility bubble, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's like a, a huge duration spell yeah. it might even be oh yeah it's like, like a 10 minute yeah. per level mm -hmm. but it's definitely not an hour yeah it's a minute it's a minute per level 
That's what I thought. Is it one that you could cast permanence on and maybe cast it on the ship? Yeah, not yet. Yeah, so um, I would say probably best bet would be we can just do this between... We could do it right now, real quick, check. If we were concerned about this, because that is a good and legitimate concern, Jeff, because if we were to be seen by, say, a Technic League agent driving around in tech that they don't presumably have, maybe they do have. We can drape, like, horse furs over the outside of it and, like, glue them on so it looks like we're just a really fast horse. Can we make it look like that Drake we killed? <laughs> Okay, that thing yeah. flew around and had tech parts on it. Yeah, I don't think it has any built-in sort of cloaking ability. I mean, this thing is functionally like an escape pod that's designed to get you out of a ship and down to the surface safely. Um, so it doesn't really have the capacity to um, go invisible or anything like that. You're, you're probably... Yeah, and it, I'm assuming it can't go super high on its own either right like right it can only really it's not meant to be like hover. yeah yeah um so i mean so you can't like fly over the clouds you're looking at basically uh, covering it in sticks and mud <laughs> to, to hide it or, or stashing it somewhere yeah because i mean like major image is a third level spell i could very easily we could pick up we could stop somewhere and get um it's concentration. So bricks would just have to be concentrating the whole time, which would kind of suck, but like it can't be any different than driving, right? <laughs> so, um, oh, and I, we could, I'm gonna do like one other, does anyone know anything about illusion spells? I'm like trying to think about like what sort of one you would use to like, um, it looks like you can do Silent Image, which is a first-level spell, um, but it is still concentration, so I don't know how that would work. I mean, if we were able to buy an Iron Spike of Safe Passage, we could certainly use that to like stash it when we're not driving it, and that's only 2,000 gold. Yeah, and we have that, right? Like, we have, like, 2,000 gold collectively at this point or did we spend all of it because i know we did the the upgrade on the chainsaw um but i feel like we probably have that yeah we should be fine like it's it's a really low will save dc but if we put it where somebody's not going um and take the keys with us obviously yeah uh, right but uh but yeah, that doesn't really help the wallets going, but if we did just try and do, I don't know if we could do like a survival or something to try and just mud and stick up the outside like Sam was saying to make it weird, but not um, uh, immediately apparent that it's a flying hovercraft while it's flying around. I mean, if we were like really concerned about it, when I do get the chance to cast my level six spell, we have guards and wards. Oh God. So I can make the whole situation really, <laughs> really screwy if someone does decide to actually go for that. It is a terrible thing to go through. Just make it an absolute nightmare for anyone who touches it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, cool. So I guess we just start 
started driving. What sort of like, do we have to like navigate? Is this like a survival thing? Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna be a survival role to uh, figure out how to get to the Y-shaped valley. Like you know it's out in the Feldales, you have a, a direction and I think you had good enough knowledge roles to have a pretty good idea of where it is, but I'm gonna need a survival role basically to see how long it takes you to, to figure out where this thing is. Man, I wish we had a strong snaky daddy with like a big survival role energy situation. Uh, <clears throat> weird that you'd mention that. Uh, not that he's really an, a parental figure yet, uh, maybe ever, but I yeah, might have a plus 10, it's something. I have a zero. Yeah, more than a plus one. Uh, I have a minus one. Yeah, so you beat my survival. <laughs> Congratulations on your role as survival roller. Neat. <laughs> Ooh, natural 17 for a 27. All right. So the trip from the dot to the y-shaped valley is a total of about 200 miles so going 30 miles an hour you're talking um about eight eight hours like presuming you have to dodge around some things but it's mostly fairly open plains and this is not a highly populated part of numeria like you're barely going by anything that could be called a settlement uh, so we do stop at all the tourist traps, though. <laughs> um, I should make that clear. That's probably why. Like Kira insists. I was going to say Kira rolls her eyes at every single one, but does put it on her oh, fantasy no, never TikTok. Mind. Uh, Brisby insists. <laughs> no, but it's like the it's the largest goo tube. <laughs> and there's like a big wooden statue of Kivathkul that just looks nothing like him, and just clearly, <laughs> clearly it was somebody else, and then they just like slapped a great sword in its hand and uh yeah you can get a like a numerian fluids punch but it's really just you know, gross and you can get dipping dots which is just like somebody squeezed out goo tubes and rolled the stuff up into balls hey, it's the ice cream of the future <laughs> well this isn't ice cream so it's different it just has the same name Fair. So they don't know. There's no right. copyright because it's a different plan. <laughs> Legal has approved it. <laughs> so we'd probably still get there around kind of dark, right? Like it wouldn't be... If we were driving, assumedly, for eight hours, we had to travel to the dusklight on the back of Long Dreamer. Yeah, so when I would say by the time you're actually like approaching the valley, it's probably dark. So we should probably camp. Um, I guess I should ask, like, did we want to say that we stopped, hand wave it, and like deal with the money later to do like a the spike and or the and possibly the third level scroll? So if we have, that's going to be only be like a couple hundred gold. I don't know where we're at with that one. But I, I, I don't know what level got, of protections we're taking. We just got another like 800 worth from uh, the spacesuits, assuming we could sell those when we stopped to buy the other stuff. Plus, I think we still had a decent little chunk. Yeah, I don't want to like, subject people to another shopping episode. By, like, yeah. 
Right. And we never added on the money for what we decided we were going to keep of Asher's. I don't think we ever made a list of what of his we were keeping. I assume it all just inevitably gets bequeathed to the, the snake. Our friend, Tarazi. I'm sorry, I don't mean to refer to you as the snake. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite animals. I should stress that. I have like multiple tattoos with snakes on my body. So I have a lot of reference. Yeah, um, <clears throat> pardon my geographical uh, limitations of my own brain, but we were over at, you know, the Gorham Pots, and I don't know where between, if that's even a thing, you know, you mentioned barely past a settlement. How far out of our way would we have to have gone to be able to buy uh, something like a 2,000 gold magic item? Well, your, your best bet probably would have been to hug the Dagger River to go down to the town of Marstol, which is um, not really out of the way. It's just, you know, not as straight a line. It's kind of, it's southeast, but it's still well north of Iden Bay. You could, of course, go to Iden Bay if you want. But then we couldn't sell the suits. Yeah. So, and if we yeah. showed up at a technological vehicle, I think even uh, <laughs> yeah. Audrey and Ashworth would have a hard time. Yeah, and they're Plugged still dealing with the missile spaceship. that blew up a house. It's the whole thing down there. It's just a disaster. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, 30 miles an hour. Uh, and realistically, it wouldn't have even been seven. So if we say we, we spent an hour popping off at James Marsdenville, um, we could totally have bought that. Yeah, I mean, you probably, for safety's sake, probably have to park a little ways outside town and, and walk in and do your, your business. And then, but it, it doesn't add too much time, so um, it's still night before you can get to the valley, but it's not, like, absurdly late at, like, Force March kind of hours. Cool, so, um, yeah, we get the spike... And if we can spare the, like, 400 and 410 gold, I'm grabbing a major image and a silent image, depending. Because we might have to make it look and sound and smell like horses, possibly, at one point. Is that where the 2,000 is coming from, or is that in addition to the 2,000? That would be in addition to the 2,000, if that's okay. Yeah, you said minus, what, four? It would be... Uh, it would be 410. Yeah, and for listeners who maybe haven't listened to uh, a podcast that also had an iron spike <clears throat> of safe passage, what that lets us do is create an illusion 15 feet high and a 15-foot diameter centered on, centered on the spike. And since this thing hovers, I would imagine we could probably just barely get it under the like middle of it to cover the vehicle but not really you know like a campsite we probably all stay in the in the halich uh but it can it can just be something that looks mundane and appropriate for the terrain so that's the illusion that we're we're making yeah it sort of just makes it look like a, a hill or a pile of rubble or something I'm assuming we would be camping inside it from now on anyway. Like, I'd rather be inside a giant metal object that locks than, like, 
out under the stars. Yeah. Yes. Well, here out in the distant, sparsely populated Feldales, which are an area with just a terrible reputation for horrible mutant beasts and worse, roaming the countryside and radiation and horribleness at every curve, but for the time being, you are safe in your little metal shell um, and able to camp out this this last night of Rova as we roll over into Lamashan. I'm not going to make you roll any um, watches. I assume you do a watch, but I'm not going to make you roll perception checks because you're pretty well hidden out here. There's not much out here. So, I don't know if anybody wants to do any role play in the night or should we just roll to the next day? Um, I think maybe when like Tarazi and Brixby are exchanging, like walking by each other for um, like watch change, um, he's gonna stop him. Maybe like Brixby's going to bed and Tarazi's starting, comes back and sits by the fire or I guess front of the ship with him the heater's on or something it's like your friend the captain can you tell me a little bit more about him like favorite thing or uh, good memory how you met yes captain Calcon was he was a good man Snake man, Naganji person. He was quite fond of playing cards, which was something we would do to pass the time in our travels. That and technology were things that he enjoyed. It, anything we came across in our short journey through Numeria, he would marvel at. We had no such things in Tianjia, but how I met him, it was a military assignment. I worked as a sort of guide in the military, and that's what prompted him to invite me along on this journey. Well, I'm glad it brought you to us, and um, I, I hope after we're done here, you get to see your homeland. Again, if you want. Thank you. It would be nice to go home at some point. I have resigned myself that it may not come to pass, but if it does, it would be a good thing. 
Well, thank you. And uh, stars are beautiful. So, sure to keep an eye on them. And he will. Uh, does anybody mention that it's the that it's rolled over into the next month? I don't know if anybody ever talks about what day it is or anything in the group. Is the first of Lamashan like an important day in any way that we would know? Um, it's not a count. It's not a holiday that I see. The day of sundering was just a couple days ago. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it looks like uh, not a whole lot's going on until uh, we're nothing for us. We're not followers of the Redeemer. Anyway, we can cut this out. But but yeah, no, to answer your question, I don't know. I mean, do you not have like a, a weird quote a day 365 <laughs> desk calendar that you keep? No, he does not. Hmm. But yeah, if that's what I was thinking, like if I don't think anything would have happened yet that we would have done that anybody would have like the date would have been important. Well, Brixby did know um, the holiday at the mm-hmm. uh, first day at the equinox, mm-hmm. which was now uh, just over a week ago. Alwyn would also, if whoever's attention he gets, whether it's the new snake friend or cure bricks but i think he would ask i feel like it would probably be bricks uh maybe he would wait patiently and have while he has his conversation with tarazi and then afterwards just before they all go to bed he'll say you said the other week was that you said it was an important holiday, right? That's at the at the end of Rova, that one? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a, a few... It was actually a little after the equinox that I celebrated it, too. We might have been inside the tower, so... Yeah, I would say it's uh, not the end of Rova, probably right around the beginning of uh, Lamashan, I believe. Now I ask you a favor... Yeah, what can I do for you? I have trouble sometimes remembering how much time's gone by. But you know that. We've been together for, like, what, two weeks? And it's been, like, a couple months, I think. (laughs) But that's what he's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all a construct in that way. And so, do you think you could let me know when it's the 31st of Lamashan? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'll do my best. Um, hopefully we get to civilization before then, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we've got a, we've got days, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the moon, um, together. I'm gonna hit the hit the pile of Cheeto wrappers that are in the back of this minivan. Um, 
that I sleep on canonically. So. The Aspen chips. Yes. <laughs> Sun chips, the snack of the future, and the Sobe lizard milks that we all still sold in Numeria. Well, it's the only place Thank you, you can still get very them. much. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was the only thing that he wanted as he wants someone to let him know when it gets basically to the end of this month which will probably be like sometime in book six but Kira will rouse herself briefly from still being asleep um, go through the bag of holding until she finds a piece of paper and a writing utensil and start to do some writing and that is it Well, eventually morning comes. I think it's a little bit of a, a crisp fall day. And around the end of the journey yesterday, you picked up a branch coming off the western Selen River. Um, and this is just like a... It's a pretty sizable stream, but... I mean, you're so far out in the middle of nowhere that you don't know if this river even has a name. Um, and this runs into basically a, a sort of a gorge where it's almost descending down and down and down and there's like a wide like former riverbed around it that's like like almost half a mile wide but uh, the cliffs on either side of that get more and more sheer and just go up and up um, so as you've sort of come into this valley um along this river uh looks like you have found your way to the scar of the spider well here um i fear it's not gonna be as easy as this halloween do you think you could quickly um do the the thing that you do makes me feel less awful my negative level. Yep. This is my and he'll say, Oh, yes. It's been long enough, hasn't it? And he will get out the diamond dust from uh, Radley and will blow it over Brixby as he casts uh, his full restoration and removes his negative level. Take so off a level 4 spell for the day untick my haste, but I will leave mage armor, because he casts that every morning. Yeah, okay. Same. That is a... Into perpetuity, yep. people should assume that probably both of the casters always have mage armor on, and that we are casting shield before. Um, because we have a bajillion lower level slots. We can still say it, but... Mm-hmm. Just kind of a given. And we're looking for a cave, per my notes. Yeah, all you really know is that Cassandra Lee hid it in a cave somewhere in this valley, and you can tell, basically, as you're coming to the entrance of it, that this is a big place, and probably going around in a, a hovercraft that uh, shoots 30 miles an hour down the road is, is not going to be practical for searching caves, um, so you might want to park this thing somewhere and head out on foot. Parking, spiking, arming. 
immediately forget where you parked it, so it's gone <laughs> forever. Tarazi doesn't really want to walk around on foot, though, so he will just kind of look at the party and ask, Have I mentioned my companion, Levi, at all? No. Who's Levi? I don't think so, no. Oh, well, let me introduce him to you. And he will, from his pack, draw out a uh, little stone miniature statue of a snake. And uh, he'll place it on the ground and dismiss the carry companion spell. Uh, and reveal a large size uh, riding constrictor snake. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. I want a giant snake. Oh, I love the art. I want a snakes on the snake. Yes. Like, <laughs> parody boof. <laughs> please. <laughs> Give so, me that fan art. Oh, please. Yeah. Um, so, Levi, which is short for Leviathan, uh, is the uh, snake mount that the captain was riding when they were in Numeria and after uh, the captain was mortally wounded. Uh, Tarazi sort of figured out how best to ride it and uh, Numeria hasn't been super kind to this constrictor snake. Uh, some of the places they've been with the radiation, there may have been a failed save or two. Uh, as something off about a kind of melty looking snake, but Tarazi would kind of mount up. It has barding on its, uh, you know, Brixby's got a disc and Tarazi's got a mount and the other poor. Schmucks will just have to huff it. <laughs> Someone could disc with me. There's always room on my disc. We can kind of been doing like the... can, like one of us share the snake and one can share the disc. <laughs> Who wants to be part of the disc caucus? It's kind of we we have a thing, Alwyn. But I mean, <laughs> at the same time, Kira and I also have an original yeah. thing. So I want to let Kira decide. I was going like to say, the snake it feels snake. like Alowen should be up there. You guys have a have a disc thing. No, that's true, and I did. I just didn't want to make sure. I wanted to make sure Kira was comfortable because I understand their reticence and apprehension around our good friend. So if you want to ride the snakes, which is like way more badass in a general <laughs> sense, yeah, then um, we'll do so and be scouting and I about doing it. the Titanic thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, we're just trading off back and forth, being like, now I get to be Rose. Now I get to be Rose. And we're having a really good just time. Just imagining <laughs> Kira sitting on this awesome giant snake, but she's got like her exactly. arms crossed in a pout. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got to stay close to Tarazi to keep an eye on him in case of betrayers. Just in case. You never know. Yeah, I think it's totally feasible that this exotic military saddle could uh, could make it work. I, mean, I figure, like, a large-sized animal that's a snake, like, I feel like 
He's got to have enough back that you could probably get a second person on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. What's his land speed? Uh, 40. Okay, so we're lagging, unfortunately, because we're still at 30 on the disc. So, But that's better than both what Alwyn and I hoofing it would be at 20. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, sorry for slowing y'all down, but, you know, the whole snake disc conundrum all this time. I mean, you could also have... Levi go a little bit slower to kind of <laughs> nope, sorry. not get leave y'all too much in the dust. There's going to be a 30 foot gap between Kira's us. done with us as well. That's fine. <laughs> that's, that's cool. We'll just see him right there. Kira's got him in a dead sprint. <laughs> Wing 120. Just zooming along. <laughs> <laughs> We're still at 30. Yeah, anyway, so um, how m- what What's the cave situation like? It's like an abundance of caves. Are we are we cave rich? Cave um, cave it seems. Back. It seems like there's an embarrassment of caves coming up. <laughs> it's that, it's that. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's this is a cavey. This is Spelunk Town. Oh. It's a densely caved area. God, y'all ready for the Ozark? This is it. This is it. <laughs> choose, choose the wrong one. That's yeah. it. It's all capacity. Every single oozes. cave is filled with black puddings. <laughs> I um, thought you were making an Ozark's so, joke, but I see what you're saying. Ozark. Uh, um. <laughs> Ooh, I do love the idea of uh, that that whole show, but instead the dad is replaced with an ooze. <laughs> I have to say. Kevin Costner is an ooze, but Kevin Costner wasn't Ozark. He was uh, Yellowstone. Who was Ozark? Jason Bateman. Is it Jason Bateman? No, Jason. Ba- I thought he was. Uh... Oh no, I'm thinking of uh, Eugene Levy was uh, Shit's Greek. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think totally different, but also fantastic. Um. Anyway, so it an embarrassment of caves. Again, anything to avoid using the metric system. How many is that? Like, how, where are we at in terms of caves? Um, I th- are we splitting up? I th- Taking a cave each? Sorry. Yeah. I think Sorry. as you're coming in now, there aren't actually all that many caves that you can see in this part. You're sort of just in a, a wide valley that's cut into the forested badlands, like up above you um, on either sides of this command canyon it's like it's like a stone escarpment like 600 feet high and on the top of that you have like coniferous forests that are just as unhealthy as all woodlands in numeria always are um but down in the bottom of the valley it's more of a scrubland like there's the occasional trees but there's mostly like undergrowth long grasses and stuff and then this river um this nameless river that's like it's a good 50 60 feet wide most of the time sometimes even getting any getting wider um and the valley floor is strewn with rocks and boulders um but as you follow this the dark waters of the placid river down the valley center you start to see something something big and shiny in the distance And you see smoke rising off of this thing as there's just an immense mechanical arachnid ahead of you. 
Oh, is that the thing from the picture? That is lying in like a puddle slash crater and smoke is pouring from it. It it doesn't look like it's moving. Uh, yeah, let's let's sneak up a little closer. Knowledge engineering. Yeah, Might have to get a new mount, I guess, because that looks friendly. I would love to engineero that knowledge. Robert engineero. Probably have to be closer, right? Like within like ten feet. Maybe climb on top of it. Um, Don't threaten me with a good time. Come on. Well, as you're looking around here, you could give me like perception or survival checks to to look at the area. Like this thing seems pretty definitively dead. Um, oh, oh, okay. Just got crushed by a giant die. It's a thirty-six. That's thirty-six perception. Yes. Ah. I had the highest perception I've ever rolled in this game, and it was still a 35. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't bother to roll because the highest I can roll is a 17. Um, oh, actually, I don't have my negative level. I can roll an 18. You can roll and potentially get as many as are on the die, or is it still minus one? No, it's uh, it's minus two instead of minus three because I don't have my negative level. <laughs> Oh, poor Alan. I can get an 18 on a d20 perception. Well, nice. Wow. Ooh, wow. Dude. No 36. It's a, it is a 30. Folks at home, everybody that isn't blind uh, rolled <laughs> above a 30. That was, that's yeah, perception, that was a 19. right? Yeah. 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 Um, so I think... As everybody but Alwyn is looking around, and Alwyn may be standing a little more than 60 feet away from this thing, so he doesn't even know it's there. Um, but everybody else is starting to piece together that this robot has probably been broken for a good week. Like, there's, um, like, sludge from the water around it, like, accumulating on it, and, like, moss and dust and just random crap this thing probably broke a good week ago um but looking at just like the way the ground has been torn apart here it kind of seems like there was more than one of these oh man and maybe the other one walked away like they fought with each other um no like underneath where this one is and mostly underneath this one, but a little bit underlapping where maybe the other one was, there's a big crater. Like there was some kind of explosion. Um, we can take in, an engineering check on that explosion if you'd like to know any more about it. Uh, 26. Never mind. <laughs> well, it was DC uh, 20 engineering check. So it was. Tarazi's got it. Yeah. Yeah. So Tarazi and and Brixby both are able to see this. Um, that it looks like the based on the burn marks and based on just like the compression of the ground, it looks like this was a combination of plasma and a concussive blast, and it was big enough that it just destroyed this robot outright, and it probably damaged the other one, but not bad enough to destroy it. 
like a grenade or like a something we like a rifle or some weapon we haven't seen before possibly if it was a grenade it was a ton of grenades yeah wild i'm thinking more like i don't know if the characters would know what they are but more like a missile maybe than a grenade like something bigger can't believe we can't harvest the <laughs> trophy off of this thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this thing looks like what Hellion wished he could be. Like it, it's. I was gonna say, does it remind, like, the two people who were in the Hellion fight of Hellion? Because it reminds me, the player, of kind of like a bigger, scarier Hellion. Let me just make sure I've got the size right on this thing. Um, like, because it's shinier than yeah, Hellion it's, ever was. It's bigger than. He- yeah, he was one size smaller than that, wasn't he? Um, he might have been two sizes smaller two. than this. This is a gargantuan oh, wow. buddy. This is a 20-foot... Oh, I thought that was... Okay, I thought that was huge. Okay. This is a 20-foot um, by 20-foot monstrosity that... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's four times the size of Hellion, at least, and it looks like it's actually more designed to be... Um, a military-style robot than um, what Hellion yeah, was. Yeah, because his was like, was like a bigger type thing. Yeah. And the, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun buddy. You're probably pretty happy that it's not walking around. Is there anything we can take off of it or do to it, or is it just like a look at that? Well, if you want to, yeah, can we like mount the tail gun on our ship? <laughs> If you want to get any closer to it, you can um, you can bounce me survival checks to check out the area. You could maybe bounce me an engineering check to see if there's anything you can do about the construct itself. I can't do survival well. I'll just continue to do engineering. Rolled a four survival for a three. Natural 19 survival for a 29. Nice. I rolled a 33. Uh. So I'll I'll do Tarazi's survival first. Um, He finds, like, there's definitely evidence of another big robot heading off back into the valley, but there's also much more subtly... um, sets of some sort of humanoid footprints um, that appear to have been here, have been right up to the robot, probably after it was broken. Um, and they and they uh, went back into the valley. It look, looks like you can probably track them, um, like follow that back to where it was, wherever they went. Um, as far as Brixby's engineering role, um, I think you can tell that Thanks to the damage, the power core on this robot is unstable. And if you were to mess with it, you would be fairly likely to trigger an explosion. Um, But at the same time, you think you could defuse the explosion knowing that the power core has an issue. So you could basically, like, make a concentrated explosion that just shoots up into the air rather than hurts everybody in the area. If you'd like to try, that would be a disabled device check. I mean... I almost don't want to announce that we're here, 
Plus, wouldn't it be kind of cool to use this to blow somebody up if we get a chance? I don't know how the team feels. Yeah, like lure them back to it. <laughs> but I, I feel like our, our general, like one of our Venn diagrams is some Ken, like Kevin McAllister energy that we all share. <laughs> so like we could mm -hmm. home alone somebody with us maybe. This thing is like really dangerous. Uh, this could explode and it could be a problem. Um, so we should be careful and not touch anything on it. Is that like a footprint? What is that? It looks like there's some sort of humanoid creature was near the construct. And, uh, if you said that he can track, uh, that gives, that bumps up that survival skill significantly. And, uh, if we come to that decision, just let me know. Um, but if we still want to poke around first before we start tracking. I'm down to follow. Um, but big stuff. Uh, what do you think? Do you want to follow the tracks or? I think, I think we should try and follow the tracks. I think that's a good idea. You're right. Um, I think our new friend is a bit of a tracker. I uh, just want you to know that I know how much Asher meant to you. At least I think I do. But I just deeply appreciate that you're still here. That this... This is the fight that we started together. Um, thank you. Because puts his hand kind of on the knee. I, I know I couldn't do this without you. You have just lent me so much strength, and I just. Anyway, I um, yeah. Let's go, let's go after those um. Those footprints. Maybe we let our friend do a little bit of tracking. Uh, but I don't think you should be too far away, because we might need you. I'll stay close if you do. I will. Also, here. And she'll reach in her bag and give him a little sticker that says, Best Friends. I think it's time we made this official. <laughs> You're like legit. He passively <laughs> cries, you know. Again, from just an oozing from all of places. tears. It's just all at once, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, such a long way from the very loyal two plus Brixby and Alloin <laughs> to best friends. Hey, it just take some deaths. Just a couple it's deaths, yeah, maturing. and then everyone's best friends. <laughs> it's about to say the same thing. All it takes is every other candidate dying. <laughs> Third best, yes. Best hey, might be the last choice, but I'm the only choice, and I am the there choice. You go. So. I'm kidding. That I'm not actually going to trivialize our friendship. I deeply appreciate it. He's going to put it in a place of honor. And the first time that he does cast permanency, it's going to be on that sticker. So it just. I imagine he like sticks it on the cover of his spell book or something, <laughs> like somewhere. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Very prominent. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually on the front of my headband, canonically. <laughs> oh, my, nice. Yeah. My... Yeah. Yeah, your new one. Yes. 
Well, I think does the sna- Oh no, that's from the that's from the scorpion. I thought the snake had a I'm dead skull on him. Oh like, no, no it's <laughs> Yeah, Levi is just plopped in the middle of the skull. It's not quite as prominent as the X from Roll Twenty. <laughs> that is true. Um so as you're heading in and sort of navigating around this collapsed hulk and you come around the backside of it one thing that you couldn't see as you approached on the ground behind this thing it looks like it was mounted on its back and sort of has fallen off and um, shattered on the ground is the twisted remains of a large cage that somebody had welded onto the thing and strewn amidst the remains of this cage are the dead bodies of a half dozen Kelids. And if you look at these Kelids, they're like just people from all walks of life, but they all have one thing in common. The, their heads have been cut open right above the ear all the way around so that the tops of their heads are missing and you can see inside just empty skull on all six of them and then we flash a title drop of book four of Iron Gods Valley of the Brain Collectors (laughs) oh no you can't collect my brain. I need that. I'm, I'm using it. Methal goo tubes again. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it's them or if it's like the robots like Zoud had. It could be either because didn't he have that one that had like yeah, all the little the, spots on it to collect brains? What was that thing called? The whatever collector? He had a memory a, harvester. He had a memory, memory harvester, harvester, which didn't actually yeah. remove brains. It could just like pull the thoughts oh, out of okay. your head. But then he... Oh, I thought it had, like, spots on its back to, like, actually hold brains in. I thought that's what those, like, orbs were. I think it had, like, one orb that, like, held the memories kind of thing. Okay. Because I remember it had, like, those weird little balls along its back, and I assumed they was just... I just I guessed they held brains. But, okay, if it didn't, then, yeah, it sounds like we're fighting the hell, which is not fun. Can we... Can we get them out of the cage? Even if we don't bury them, just just to lay them out and let them be part of the soil that they love and not the machines that they, not to generalize, but mostly hate. There's, there's no place for anywhere to rest. Perhaps, yes, of course, once we've made sure it's clear here, I would hate to draw the attention of whatever these tracks we're following are, the other giant annihilating robot. That's prudent, yeah. It's just a, it's a terrible place to die. Is the cage openable? Yeah, the, ca- the cage is broken enough that, that you can pull these bodies out. Okay, so yeah, Kira will start moving bodies. That's a bad job of it, but I'm going to try to help. So Here, we'll let him carry probably a Probably takes a little bit of... <laughs> just one, just one leg. <laughs> probably takes a little while since there are six of them. Um, let me get some 
perception checks while you're working away on these these dead calibs to try to give them a little bit more of a respectful resting place. Twenty. Oh, I do only have Same. minus one now. I thought I was at a minus two. Buddies. Bad news about 23, 27, um, and another 23 is that none of those are good enough to hear these things crunching through the brush approaching you until it's too late and they've emerged from the forest. There's these two long-necked, dragon-like creatures with steamy breath, lashing tails, and backs covered in hundreds of quills emerge and start closing in on you as if perhaps they were planning on eating those kellets and they might be a bit offended. I think it might be time to roll for initiative. Oh, no. I'm going to assume someone healed Kira after that lightning blast yesterday at some point. Between the nighttime uh, and... Yeah, Alwyn has 10 million heal spells. He would have done it before we rested. Who is Harmonious Paluda? That's the name oh, of the no. creature, I'm sure. <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, I think I can set your initiatives. Can I just set them? Yeah, I can. Okay, cool. And making sure it wasn't forcing me to use the initiatives thingy. All right, so Kira, what did you get? Uh, an 11 on the die for a 17. All right, how about Tarazi? Uh, Tarazi rolled a hot nine for a 12. And Brave Alwyn? Brave Alwyn is BRB. Oh, okay. How about efficient Brixby? Big seven for a 15. Right, and I think Levi's gonna go on Tarazi's yeah. turn. So let me just update that initiative value to 12. Did Alwyn get for initiative? Uh. Alwyn actually rolled a natural 20 for a 27. Nice. Congratulations, Alwyn. You are going first. Okay. Uh, so I keep accidentally mousing over people and a giant Brixby just showed up in the corner and I thought something dropped onto the map. <laughs> uh, so tell me, Sam, uh, these weird giant dragon creature things... Do they look like they have bones? They look like they could have bones. Interesting. Uh, so how about the one to our uh, right over here make me a uh, fortitude save? Alright. Fortitude save, you say? Mm-hmm. How's a 27? That is a pass. Uh, so unfortunately, it will only take half of this effect, but this is not Bone Shaker, Sam. 
We are level 11. Oh, no. This is bone shatter. <laughs> no, your bones. <laughs> so he is going to uh, take half of... Let's see. So that is half of 5d6 and... It is fatigued for the next five minutes. It's fatigued even though it passed the save? Uh, yeah, when it fails the save, it is uh, exhausted. <laughs> That's brutal. Those are all fours, so that's 12. We'll at least again. That is another four and a two, so... 16, that is 18 points of... Oh, wait, no, it's half. Uh, so that is nine points of bludgeoning damage as its bones shatter. And it is then uh, fatigued for the next five minutes. Or actually, no, that's not halved, so it's fatigued for the next ten minutes. Right, that's nice. The harmonious monster looks very tired now. And um, it is the harmonious one's turn. It is going to just take a little fight. No, oh, well, what did I do? I have everyone highlighted. <laughs> How do I unhighlight everyone? There we go. Uh, just, yeah, click only on the monster and it should highlight him. Yeah, it's going to take a five-foot step to the north, and then it's just going to crack open its mouth and breathe fire in a line straight through Alwyn, Kira, and Brixby. I need reflex saves. Our thing. Should not have rolled my physical dice. I was rolling much better in the foundry. All right, so let's start with Alwyn since he's closest to this friend. Uh, Alwyn got an 18 on the die for a 25. All right, he passed. How about Kira? It's a 5 on the die for a 15. That's a fail. And how about Brixby? 20 for 32. All right, so Brixby passed. So Kira is going to take 18 fire damage. Um, Alwyn and Brixby will take 9 fire damage as this thing breathes fire in a line straight through the lot of you. And that'll bring us to Childish Kira. Childish Kira is going to... (laughs) Let's see, just choose which of these two she wants to go after, and I think we'll go with the one on the left here, our left. I'm going to try and move my token. I'm gonna move my token. I'm gonna move, here we go. Which one is the one that just went? That's the one to the right or the left? The one yeah, on the right. the right one just went. Okay, cool, that makes sense. Approach. <clears throat> And oh, God. it's not letting you move it. No, I got. I, I figured it out. I just oh, have to stick around. Okay. You were talking to me, right? Yeah. Uh, and attempt to go with the chainsaw. Now she has that back. Eighteen. That's a dirty thirty. A dirty thirty will hit the tiny dragon monster. <gasps> Look how cute my little dice are. Good roll. Uh, that is another thirty points of damage at left. Alright, that's a pretty good chunk. Oh, and then we're going to be raging. I forgot about that. 
Never don't rage. Never don't rage. All right, Brixby. Uh, what's a good knowledge arena for these fellers? I think it's Arcana. We're looking at a 24. So you're looking at creatures called Paludas. I know that's a big surprise because you totally couldn't already see that name on the screen. <laughs> um, Paludas are dragonkin that loathe all weak, fragile creatures smaller than themselves, especially humanoids. Some hunt in farmlands before returning to their own, own lairs. Some are worshipped as gods by lizard folk or other swamp creatures, though their short temper means that they eat their devotees if affronted. Typical paludas are 15 feet long and weigh 300 pounds. Sadly, you did not actually roll enough to get a question on these dragony funds. No worries. I am going to roll to shoot to hit touch for this paluda that is in melee with my friend. So negative four to all of my rolls here. But because I don't have a negative level, it's three rays. I'm at my max rays for Scorching Ray. Ah, I knew Max Ray's. I went to high school with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he a good good dude? Okay, so that's a 19 off the first one. Or sorry, that's a 10 off the die for a 19 on the first one. 14 off the die for the next one for a 23. And 7 off the die for the last one for a 16. So take 4 off of that or add 4, however you choose. So those will all hit touch. Can I get a spell resistance roll? Why, yes. Did Bone Shatter have had a star? Oh, yeah, probably. That's a 19. <laughs> unfortunately, the Scorching Rays do fizzle. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, that's a four off the die for folks. Because I did take greater spell penetration. I have a plus 15 to this roll. So, Brixby, uh, they all zoop away. Um, and he's like, yeah, I... Uh, I don't know much about it. It's it's sort of like a dragon. It's called a Paluda. Uh, clearly, it has fire. And um, that's going to be my turn. All right. Uh, Tarazi and Levi. Yeah. So Levi is going to, like, Tarazi will kind of shout something at him and uh, Nagaji and... With the 40-foot move speed, that looks to be enough to get around, would provoke, but around to the back of the creature, should it wish to take an AOO. Well, that one against. actually hasn't gone yet. Oh, even better. Uh, and then uh, Levi will, uh, you know, try and bite this thing. On a giant snake. Uh, but a three on the dice brings it up to a 17. I don't see that happening. Unless flat-footed, that happens to be enough. Oh, sorry, what what was the number? There was Only a 17. A little garbage. A 17 won't do it. Flat-footed. No. That's fine. Whatever, man. Uh, Tarazi will stride up and take a swing with the bastard sword uh that is a uh 
power attack is on unless otherwise indicated. Uh, so that is a 25. A uh, 25 will hit. Ooh, nice. That is a uh, 23. All right. Is this a magical weapon? That is a plus one bastard sword, yes. All right. Just making sure. All right. That Paluta got a little hurt. But now it's that Paluta's turn, I believe. Um, so what it's going to do is, since it's been surrounded at this point, it kind of hunkers down and all those quills on its back stand up before a barrage of them shoot off in all directions. I'm going to need reflex saves from Levi, Tarazi, Kira, and let me just measure this. Uh, Brixby as well. He's close enough. So 23 from Brixby. All right. That's a pass. Rolling great for the snake, badly for the larger snake. Uh, 29 for Tarazi and 12 for Levi. (laughs) All right, so Levi failed. How about Kira? It's a 19 total. Uh, That is also a fail. So as these... Yeah, as these quills shoot out, uh, I... Let's see, the whole damage is 28. Half damage is 14. Does that count as a ranged attack being made at melee that would provoke or no? I don't think so because it's like an area of effect, like weird. Had to ask. Uh, But uh, everybody needs to make me a fortitude save now. Everyone who was just hit by those quills needs to make me a fortitude save. Um, Is this a disease? I'm afraid this is a poison effect. It's an 11. So Brixby is poisoned and um, he takes two constitution damage. I need that to live. It is one of the more important things to have constitution. How about Kira? Well, coming up in the world, that's a 38. (laughs) You're fine. A little poison never got in Kira's way. Yeah. How about Tarazi? Uh, only a dirty 20. DC 20. Oh, thank you for that plus two racial bonus against poison. Uh, <laughs> How about Levi? And uh, cannot roll like above a four for this poor little dude. Uh, that is a total of a 12. So Levi, Levi is poisoned and takes one con damage. Don't love it. That was a good turn for the little dragon guy. Uh, Brave Alloin, you were safely away from that particular storm. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I wrote it in the thing. Uh, I forgot that I had already halved my uh, damage for bone shatter by only rolling half as many die or dice so he should have taken that full 18 i'm just dumb and then halved it again because right. it technically is 10 d6 but i only rolled five because he passed uh i think alowin is actually going to use another new spell to try and keep this a bit more of a one-on-one fight and by one-on-one I mean like five of us against this one of these at a time uh, and 
uh, I'm going to need, once again, the dragon that's kind of off by himself over there to this time make me a will save. All right, the harmonious, very fatigued Paluta um, is going to fail this with a 13. That fails my DC 19. He has been hit with sensory overload, which this fun little spell, oh, spell is for the... Uh... Oh, it does have SR. Uh, 15 plus 12 is 27. Okay, so you got it. Okay. So, for the next... Last one round of level. So, for the next 10 rounds, anytime it wants to make a standard action or a full action, it has to roll that save again. And if it fails, it doesn't get to do the action that turn. That's fun. I'm going to put a little confusion icon yeah, so, on it. Yeah, it basically needs to make a DC 19 will save every round for the next 10 rounds to do anything other than a move action. It's a fun spell. That is fun. Mm-hmm. And I took it because it's one of the ones I can use on robots thanks to that ability I have. <laughs> well, uh, are you going anywhere or are you staying there? Uh, I think I'm just going to take a step straight up just so we don't have any of us in a line anymore. Just in case anybody wants to do a uh, breath attack. Alright, well that brings up the Harmonious Paluta, so it is going to come on over towards Alowin and then it's going to roll a will save to try to make a standard action. And that is a 16. So it does not get a standard action this turn. That's big. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Kira, you're up. You have so many spikes embedded in you right now. Yeah, uh, which would be a concern, but I don't have to move so I can take a full attack. So I'm going to do that. All right, let's go. First one is a natural 19 on the die. Um, I can't remember if Roll that qualifies as a... Brit. Chainsaw is Chainsaw. 18 to 20. Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay. Ah, uh, that's a three on the die to confirm. Do I add, which do I add to that to see? Just whatever you would add to your attack. Okay. Um, so 24 then. 24 to confirm? Uh, 24 confirms. Cool. I'll roll that one first. Get that out of the way. Actually, again, let's roll it over here. Roll. Six. D6. Not 66. D66. Plus. 34. Oh, that's a lot of ones. That's uh, 65 slashing damage from uh, Childish Kira. <laughs> Absolutely brutal, this thing. This thing looks poorly. Okay, well, I'm going to keep going. 11 plus 18, 29? 11, 18, 29, I think. 29 hits. Cool. 6, 5, 11, 33 points of damage. 
The harmonious Paluta is dead. For the tiny Paluta, I'm sorry. Not the harmonious one. That one's fine. Harmonious is doing okay. Um, okay, Pierre's gonna put down her chainsaw and give a chains and give a thumbs up to the big snake. She's a fan of big snake. It's very cute. Alright, Brixbo, you just saw a dragon get killed with a chainsaw, which is not something most people can say. Very cool. I'm gonna take a five foot step towards the harmonious, exhausted, and sensory overloaded Paluta. Um, closer to my friend as well. Brixby is going to try the exact same thing, um, but he is going to use his impromptu sneak attack, so he's gonna declare that ahead of time that would apply to all the arrays. So, but first, I'm gonna roll my spell resistance before I get into anything here. So, uh, okay, so that's a 34 with a 19 off the die. That'll do it. It teetered on that three. Oh, I know. Really, really gave me some uh, some adjective there. Okay, so I have a 21, a 24, and a 19 versus dodge. So it was all hit. Um, should I be rolling fire and sneak attack separately? Does your sneak attack damage count as fire damage, or does it count as precision damage? Precision. Mm-hmm. Then I would roll them separately. You mean to say an enemy with a dragon subtype may or may not have a fire resistance? <laughs> the screen is just covered in D6s. So it's 48 fire damage and 54 precision damage. Okay, so zero fire damage, but 54 precision damage oh is pretty God. solid. I don't know how that works. Oh, so he's fully immune to fire? Ugh, yeah. That's worse than I thought. As the flames just kind of... this resistance. Don't hurt it at all, but somehow it's just like the force of the rays in just the right spots <laughs> manages to injure this thing pretty badly. Yeah, I think, I imagine they probably have some force when they actually hit, but it just doesn't burn, you know? They're still like a projectile, and it's hit the weak spot right under the, you know, or small... Yeah, so you got hit by all those D6 bricks through at him. And it's Tommy. It's Tommy. Um, so that is my turn. I, I did a little five-foot step, and I did a shooty duty, and uh, that's that's it. All right, Snake Squad. All right, Snake Squad. Uh, Levi is really wanting to to prove himself uh since he is large i don't i'm guessing this large corpse doesn't impede his movement um i would say it's an extra square just to squaddle through that big old corpse but you can get around it easily enough well if i get around it then i can't get get to the palooda in a single move so he'll just squaddle as he said uh, and that does put him underneath the corpse a bit of the, or around the corpse of this giant robot. Uh, but in any case, try and take a bite out of crime. Well, it's the highest he's rolled, uh, and it's still a mess. Uh, that's a six on the die for a 20. Oof. Uh, and Tarazi is going to. Uh, 
Can he move through, you know, that top portion of the robot corpse? Yeah, I think he can maneuver through it. It's just basically difficult terrain to squeeze on through that. Okay. That lets me get just close enough to get a single swing. Wouldn't that be nice if I could hit with one of my two characters? And yes, that should be plenty. Uh, There is a number that is equal to uh, 32. That's a a big chunk. That was just a, a hit. Oh. Yeah, that is a hit. Uh, it's only 22 damage. Oh, not well, 32. then never mind. It's, it's basically nothing that healed it. Oh, no. That's <laughs> looking quite hurt. All right, that'll bring us up to the top of round three in Alloin. Uh, let's see. What more horrible things can I do to this poor dragon? <laughs> it just wanted to eat some uh, dead bodies, and now it's confused and tired. Yeah, you know what else it's gonna be? Uh, make me. This another will I think it is. Even though this one that I always think shouldn't be, but I think it is. Yep. Uh, make me another will save, Sam. I've been doing so well with this. It actually has a decent bonus. I've just been rolling garbage. There we go. How's a 29? That is a Ooh. pass. So unfortunately, this one was a uh, saver suck. It uh, is now covered in glitter, but it is not blind. <laughs> uh, and... All right, you staying put? You see, I think I should have uh, cured Brixie's poison instead, but we'll do that next round. Uh, that will be... Should I have rolled? I'm so sorry. Yeah, Brig- I, I didn't even think that. Brixby and Levi actually should oh. have rolled saves on their turns. For, For the poison. Oh, the poison. Oh, I shouldn't have reminded you of the poison. Also, I just realized I forgot to roll spell resistance. Oh, wait, uh, doesn't have it, actually. Yeah. That's a 12. Um, all right, so Brixby is still poisoned. That is one more con damage. Alrighty. To be shocked. Shocked to know I rolled natural two uh, for Levi, <laughs> who is also still poisoned. It wobbled on the twenty, and I was thinking at last. Well, uh, before Alan ends his turn, he's actually going to uh, circle around behind Brixby. I don't know how long of a reach this thing has as a big creature, and get kind of uh, forming an L shape with uh, him and. Uh, Levi, and that will be where he ends his turn. Right. Uh, that is how much? Two more con, con damage for Levi. No, uh, you mean two total, right? Not two more. Mm. We we big three together. Three con damage. Uh, oof. Um. So let's see. The harmonious, sparkling, exhausted, sensory overloaded, Paluda is going to take a five-foot step to the northwest, and then it's going to roll a will save to try to take an action. Um, that is uh, 25. Uh, that passes. Oh. You can act. Okay, so that's bad news for Brixby, Alwyn, Levi, and Tarazi, as you all need to make reflex saves as those quills are coming out. 
no. This passed when he got it before. I got a 19. Uh, it fails by one. How about Alowin? Alowin did one worse with an 18. That fails by two. How about Levi? <laughs> Different die, another natural two for a, a total of 12. That, Should that sound familiar? That fails by more. How about Tarazi? Oh, I've got a soundboard clip for this. Oh no. <laughs> it's me. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I rolled a one. Alright, so you all failed your saves. That's 23 damage across the board. Um, and I need fortitude saves from Alowin and Tarazi against this poison. What was the number of damage against right? 23. Uh Alowin got a uh, 23 Al- fortitude. Alowin's good. How about Tarazi? Uh, Tarazi got a 28. Tarazi's good, too. And uh, that'll bring us to Kira. Levi had a 27, by the way. I finally found bigger numbers. (laughs) Oh, nice. Well, Levi is already poisoned, though. Well, I'm still going to remember fondly the one time I rolled highly for him. Kira's gonna step past all the friends who just got poised, well, quailed at least, to this dragon friend, and go for a chainsaw attack. Oh, I wish I knew how to do that, the, the, the play a Zach sound thing. That's a one. So, I'm gonna hang out right here. <laughs> Alright, uh, Brixby, why don't we do that fortitude save, actually remembering it this time. Yeah, let's do that. That's a 20. All right, so that's a one save. Oh. <laughs> never, never the way that you like to hear. I mean, I guess at least it's not 2E. Poison's so scary there. Um, this thing looked pretty messed up. It, it looks very rough. Uh, yeah. Well, this isn't, this isn't a good, I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have the right spells for this specific battle here. Um, I'm going to, who's after me? I'm going to delay. I'm going to let my big strong buddies handle this. Alright, that'll bring us to Tarazi. Yeah. Uh, Tarazi is going to take a five foot step to the northeast so that he can finally full attack. So here comes three power attack bastard sword swings. Yes. Natural one on the first one. Doesn't matter. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, 21 total on the second. That's not going to do it. Got this. And uh, <laughs> six on the <laughs> so 12 on the other one. Come on, Levi. Oh, brutal. Levi. Uh, don't worry. You, you get Big Snake Boy's up. Uh, fortitude <laughs> save from Big Snake Boy before we forget. Oh, I love that. You could that. forget that. 
Uh, how about a 26? Okay, one save for Big Snake Boy. And uh, two bites coming at you. Uh, well, two off the die on the first one. That's going to miss. And the 21, I don't think, hit before. Yeah, 21 uh, so doesn't do it. He, he did it. He got double digits, but doesn't matter. That is, uh, for those of you listening at home, yes, it is five, count them, five attacks in a row this turn, all of which missed. That's, uh, that's difficult. Yeah, uh-huh. It's not ideal. Um, Alowin. Uh, okay. Alowin is... Slots in this. We're probably not going to fight anything else with bones anytime soon. Robots don't have bones. Uh, make me a uh, another fortitude save on the dragon. Fortitude save for a dragon. Uh, oh, zoomed me in. Uh, 31. That is a pass, so that will be uh, half damage it does uh, and it's uh, exhaustion, however. That Does works. it have spell uh, resistance? Oh, yeah, spell resistance. Oh, wait, yeah, SR, right. SR. Uh, ooh, I don't know if that'll make it. That's a 22. SR 21. Okay, awesome. That was only a 10 on the die. Uh, okay, so it's 6, 59, 10, 4, 15, 16, 17. That is another 18 uh, points of bludgeoning That's after as he explodes more of its bones. That's after halved, yeah, because I only rolled five dice instead of ten. All right, it's looking very rough. Um, Brixby, do you want to reinsert before its turn? Or are you gonna? Yes, absolutely. Um, I like so, Brixby is going to, it's like throw up a little bit. Um, he is going to, uh, that's what he has prepared. Uh, roll me a reflex save as he breaks. Some glass. Some fuzz. Not the most reflexive dragon. Pretty good roll, though. How's a 21 sound? Unfortunately, just beats my DC. So, that's fine. That's totally okay. Um, what's the max? Is there? There it is, yeah. Just, okay. But it's still half. Plus whatever sort of stitch. And we're going to do SR on this as well. It's a natural 20 on my SR. Oh, um, but that would make that a 35. And then that's 36 points of damage, so that would be 18 points of electricity damage. That is enough to kill the Paluta. I do need a fortitude save for it from you before we get too far. That is a 21. All right, Brixby is cured of his Paluta poison. And Excellent. you guys are dragon free. I'm going to bed. Night, Sam. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Paludas. No polluting the environment. No poison, Levi.
Against the Machine is property of Network Against the Machine, LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are property of Paizo Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by your own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. How do I do anything in here? How do I click and drag? I was like, how do I zoom out? I'm just, I'm just uh, rolling. Click and rolling. drag. I can, I can just click on my guy and drag. No, I can do that. I'm sorry. Well, if no, you wait, no, to I move can. around on the map, yeah, you okay. right click and drag. Uh, okay, thank you. And oh, I thought you I meant move that's your character. Sorry. Yeah, scroll no, wheel is for zooming. Um, yeah, so everybody, we're in Foundry for the first time ever, and we don't know how to use it. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, if you've been missing all those early app bloops about, oh no, we can't see what's happened to the map. Well, welcome to book. We heard you. They're back. <laughs> we heard you, and it's back, <laughs> bigger than ever. Where did these adjectives come from? On it's a module. It, there's Auto a module generates for them. It. This yeah. is what? so brutal. Because I know uh, the HLP guys always joke about when it gives their stuff random <laughs> oh, yeah. names like these. Wait, I just noticed this. Wait a second. Can you can you roll, Jeff? I want to see what yours is. So I'm seeing yeah, you folks at home. Uh, I'm Levi. Brave Alowin, and we have Childish Kira. Wow, that's better than my uh, wow. But I also don't know how to roll as Tarazi instead of. Oh, because it's giving you Levi instead of you uh, Tarazi. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretending to know what this is. It shows that Tarazi is my selected character, but I don't know.